0: Okay, learning daf yod beis. So we're about to start a statement from Shmuel, which according to Rashi has nothing to do with the laws of Chalmoid. Necessarily, has nothing to do with a mourner necessarily. It's specifically talking about Shabbos, according to Rashi. So let's see what's going on here. Omar Shmuel, makabli kibolas, those who are makabal to be a kablin, to accept a a project that they're going to be paid for. So what in the world is going on? We know that on Shabbos, you're not allowed to do malacha, and you're also not allowed to tell a non-Jew to do malachah for you. In fact, more than that, a non-Jew is doing the malacha mamish on your behalf, it's, it's a forbidden type of issue whether or not you've even told him to do it in many cases. But what's so for an example, what would certainly be also is that, let's say you have a skir yom, let's say you have somebody that you hire out per hour, and he's supposed to come for, you know, be paid per the hour that he's there and do whatever, whatever it is that you hire him for, then that's totally a big, a big problem if he's gonna be doing malacha for you on Shabbos. But then there's something called a kablon. A kablon works differently. A kablon works that he's not paid per hour that he does. He's given a certain task. He's given a certain job. And he's able to pick himself when he wants to do it. So the halacha is, If he's doing the work within the tchum, if it's going to take place within the tchum of the city, it can't be done. Because everybody's going to recognize that the work that the the guy is doing is the Jews. And everybody's going to assume, in other words, this is a gaisha contractor, a gaisha kablon, and he's doing work on behalf of the Jew. Now, Icarat Din is not really much of a problem because you didn't tell him to do it on Shabbos. The fact that he's doing it on Shabbos, he's really doing it for himself. He could do it anytime. He's doing it for his own convenience. The Kabbalans having to choose to do it on Shabbos. You give him a job to do. If he's doing it now, it's completely at his own uh, decision. That's his own autonomy. So really, Icarat Din, there shouldn't be a problem if it's Kabbalanis. He's not hired to work on Shabbos for you. However, Shmuel saying, that there's a limitation on the If it's within the Tchum, then we're concerned that everybody knows it's the Jew's work and he, there were, people are going to say that he must have hired out the worker to do it specifically on Shabbos. And therefore, if it's in the Tchum, you're, you're not allowed to make this contract with the guy to do the work, even if you're not specifying that it should be done um, on Shabbos. So what would be like a basic example? So an example would be, you know, it's like, a, this is maybe a tough one, but let's just say it's like you want him to build a house, right? So when you have a contractor to build a house, most of the time they're not paid by the amount of hours that they're there. They're paid by the, the job. The roofer is paid by, you know, when he completes the job. So if the roofer decides to come on Shabbos, that's him, it's his own decision. You're not telling him to come, it shouldn't be an issue. But if the roofer is coming on, is coming on Shabbos in the tchum where everybody knows, yeah, Ruven's building that house. Yeah, that's Ruven's house, Ruven's house is going up. Everybody knows about that. So then that's an issue if the guy is doing the work, even though he wasn't told to do it on Shabbos at all. If the work is taking place outside the then the Jew is able to make such a with the non-Jew, even if the non-Jew will decide to work on Shabbos, we won't have a problem because no one is seeing it, right? So there's no Meyer sign that people are going to say, oh, he told him to come on Shabbos. And then it's not an issue. Why is it not an issue? Because again, it's a Kablon. So when the non-Jew decides to do the work, it's his own decision, and it doesn't even look like it's the Jew's work because nobody's around to see, so therefore there's no issue here at all. So really big heter of a Kablon. That's the heter of a Kablon. That as long as I'm not telling him to do it on Shabbos, and he can decide to do it any he happens to choose to do it on Shabbos, it's not an issue, but still where it's something that people are going to know and it's recognizable like the house is going up, then within the tchum, such a thing is asr. Awesome. Okay, that's the basic idea of the Gemara. Now, we very famously know, very famous halacha that we apply, but it's from the Mishnah on Shabbos, that if let's say somebody wants to give his clothes to a dry cleaner or a launderer before Shabbos, then it's allowed. Because again, I don't tell him to do it on Shabbos. I don't tell him when I need to pick it up. He chooses to do it on Shabbos. That's allowed. I here we're saying within the tchum, it's also. So the Rishonim explained that it's only also within the tchum something that's like public. You know, it's like building my house or something like that. Everybody knows it's my house and it's built. You know, it's a big thing. The roofer goes down and he does this. Everybody's saying that I commission is doing on Shabbos. But here, if he's washing my suit, so then you don't see anything about washing my suit. People are going to no, smell him. No one sees that at all. Right? There's no. So we don't really see much of an issue there. Um, in such a case. So our case is specific to like something like building a house or something where it's being uh, on a public way, something that's on the ground. Even when we gave the permission outside the Tchum, it's only okay if there's no other Jewish city close. If there's another Jewish city close, also it's forbidden. Why? Um, in other words, if there's another Jewish city within that Tchum of the other place, it's okay even though it's outside of the Tchum of your city because again, the Jews will see them working and assume that the Jew hired them to work on that day. So a uh, further stringency. And even when there's no other Jewish city close, so there's only a hater on Shabbos and Yontif. So the shriichi inshi azul people don't go there, right? It's beyond the t'chum. Why is there a hater beyond the t'chum? It's not the time because it's far. It's far and it's inaccessible because you're not allowed to travel on Shabbos. But the shriichi inshi da'az azul hasam on Cholamoyd, where it's very normal for people to come and go, and Khalamoid travel is not restricted. You're allowed to go on Khhalamoid. So people may be going on some Khalamoid trip and they'll be in this place that's Khutzat Khum and see your house going up, and then they're gonna say, Oh, the you know, it's your house. You must have told them to do the work on Khalamoid. And what we see, the basic idea here is that again, you're certainly not allowed to instruct a guy to do your work on Khalamoid. The khidish is even if you didn't, even if it was a coblin back to be Mutter because he's choosing to do it on Colmoid, but it's not okay. people are going to say that you told him to do it on Kolmoid, and even though it's calledrum, but people move around. there's a lot of mobility that people have on Cholom and therefore it's always us or pretty interesting plumous here, huh? A lot of stuff. There's the whole thing about whether this applies to our houses today. We have people, people who build houses today. Are they mockery for this halacha? And if it's uh, anywhere in the trun, then the work can't be done on Shabbos. You know, if the roofer came on Shabbos, which we tell him he has to leave, go out, out quickly. No Jews no other Jews can see. But today it's an interesting thing. Everybody, in other words, the whole thing is marzine right? But today everyone's building houses and everybody and everybody's hiring Gary Ms. Everybody knows that it's a cobblan. Like no one's gonna accuse you that you told them to do it, are they? So that's a big machlokas. It's a big, big dispute if it still applies. If not. A lot of different things that go on here with the Gemara. But the basic principle, again, is that a Kabbalah is not really a fundamental issue because if he's choosing to do it on Chavez, You didn't tell him to do it on Chavez. But uh, still, we have to watch out for Mara's sign. It says the Gemara's story. Non-Jews who were Kabbalanim built a mansion for Marzutra, the son of Nachman, outside of the Trum. So, so, it sounds like it should be okay. It was a Kabbalah and was outside the Tchum. They wouldn't go in. Meaning, they refused to have any, any hanah, any benefit. They refused to live in the house because it was built on Because Shabbos. Some people say even Marzutra wouldn't go in. So, they didn't want to benefit from the work that was done wrongly. They held that it was done wrongly, even though it was a Kabbalah and therefore, they wouldn't go in. So, the moral says, why is it wrong? What did Shmuel say? That if a Jew... It's contracted to God to do a project for him. The rule is in the Tchum, it's outside the Tchum. It's okay, it's permissible. So the mansion here was built outside the Tchum. That was one of the details. So the, the construction here is not a problem. So if it's not a problem, then why were these Amorim refusing to go into? The says, Adam Choshev Shiny. Since they were prominent people, they had higher standards. For prominent people, even Chutzat Tchum is an issue. Interesting, you know, who's going to see? But if there's a greater Marsai, you know one person will hear about it, and they'll, they'll accuse the, the Adam Chashub, so that's a greater thing. So therefore, they, um, you wouldn't do it. Now, there's an interesting thing. You know, they refused to benefit. How did they ever make the contract to begin with? So the post can say that they made the contract. They stipulated with the guy that they shouldn't build on Shavis, but the guy didn't listen. That's what happened. The guy went ahead and still built it on Javas, which is the greatest proof. You know, you're not doing anything wrong, right? But still, people are going to say, so then these people had very high standards. Even though it was built building, they felt it was wrong and they refused to go in and benefit from the house. Says the Gemara, another interpretation of why they want to go in. Betivna Zitra used to help them. He would give them straw for the bricks. So, meaning to say, he assisted them. He didn't tell again. He didn't tell them to build on Shabbos, but since he assisted them, he basically showed that they weren't regular contractors. Again, the holiest side of a kavlan is that it's his work. It's not even. He's not really, it's basically saying he's not paid till the end. So he's deciding whenever you know he's not being paid by the hour. He gets paid by his job. So whenever the job is his, completely his, when he gets paid in the end, it's like a transfer then. But the roofer, when he builds your roof, he's not building your roof, he's building his roof. Like that's the concept. So when he, chose to show, when he chooses to show up on Chavez, that's why there's a hat there. As long as there's no Meyers on But if you are assisting them in the job, you're supplying them with the materials, then that makes it, it's a demonstration that it's really, they're really working for you. And if they're really working for you, then even though I didn't tell them to work on come on Chavez, but they come, then it's considered they're coming for you on jobs Because you really have to understand the depth of the Hatter of cablonis. The depth of the Hatter of cablonis is that since they're not told when to do it, but more so, the work is completely their task. And then afterwards, there will be a payment, right? If a, if a painter would, or a roofer would do half the job, you don't pay them for half. You pay them for the task that they're, they're made to do. So therefore, the job is considered completely theirs. But the second that you're assisting them and you're giving them the material, so then that would be an issue. Okay, and that's why they didn't want to benefit. Says the Gemara, was mater the people who were building the tables here. And the Kulusa, to do their work, they fixed tables on Cholamoy. Now the issue here is that really they were a lot, the malach itself was muter fixing the table. It was Sarah Cholamoy. The, the Reish Kulus needed tables. So, so so the fact that they were doing malacha itself is not a problem. But, on khala moed, there's an extra point that you're not supposed to receive payment for malacha that you do. We haven't seen this yet. This is like an extra wrinkle. Even when you have a hater to do malacha on khala moed, you're not supposed to be paid for it because then it gives the appearance of the dachol. It gives the appearance like it's like um, weekday activity. So the shayla is, these people weren't paid directly with money but they received meals from the Reish Kulusa's house in exchange for their work. So Rav Chama said, that's okay, because since they're not taking regular money, they're only getting benefit, nabal, we don't have a problem with their action. It's not considered a problem. So we see from here, we learn two things. You're allowed to do malachot, but you're allowed to be paid for it. And that's over the dachol. And if you're just receiving a meal in place of it, that's okay. You can make a contract with an Andrew during Cholom to have them do work after Cholom Meaning there's no problem setting up the contract. As long as they're not doing the work now, that's okay. if But if they're going to do work on a Moed, then it's also. You're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to make a contract that they should work now. You should actually make the contract that they should work after, um, after Cholom Moed. What's the rule? What's the rule? Whatever you could do on a you could tell an Anju. So let's say you had a hat to do something. Remember, we learned about Davar Alvard and Sarah If you have a hat to do it, you can tell an Anjou to do it. Whatever you can't do on a you're not allowed to tell a guy to do as well. So this is the Dinavah of and And what we're seeing here is that the Dinavah of and is also not only in Shabbos and Yantiv, but it's also in Cholomoy also. And that's why you have to be careful in the way that you do it. It says to Martaani Eidach, that you can make a contract with an Anju during Cholomoy. If again, the terms of the contract is that they should work out. When you're entering the contract, you shouldn't measure, weigh, or count. The way you do during the week. Sometimes when you make a contract, you would have to do these things. Why? Let's say you're giving uh, fabric. So you might want to measure out how much fabric you're giving. If you're giving thread, you might want to weigh how much you're giving. So on and so forth. So if you're doing it in too much of an official way, you're measuring in two ways, that's considered weekday like and you're not supposed to do it that way. So that's an issue. But otherwise, just the fact that you're making the contract itself, as long as the work is supposed to be done when? After Cholamoid, then we don't have an issue. Says the Gemara, You're not allowed to mate animals, right? Some animals, they, they have trouble. You have to, like, proactively mate them. You mount the male animal on the female animal. So you're not supposed to do such a thing on Cholamoid. Why? Because it's not Tzorachamoid. It's not, you could do it after the Moid, and it's a, it's a laborsome thing. So, 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 so we don't say that m- m- mating the animals is something that you're allowed to do. Another halacha is that when you have a carbon bachar, the firstborn male animal, or psulem mikdashim animals that were carbon, then got a moment, became disqualified. You're not allowed to mate them. The idea is the Torah says you're not allowed to work them. They're kachim. They're holy. So one of the forms of of working is to um, is to make children for you, right? That's the point. You're, you're going you're gonna to mount them. So that's considered working the animals, and because of their din of kedusha, you're not allowed to. There's not really a direct connection between the two halachas, but the Gemara is just mentioning together in the bride so You're not allowed to mate the animals on halamoid because that's work. That's not sarachamoid. It could be done afterwards. And you're also not allowed to do it to holy animals. So the Gemara Tanya Idah. You're not allowed to mount the male animal on the female What about a female donkey that she gets her desire? Literally, she gets heat, right? She gets her desire. She wants to mate. In that case, you are allowed to put, put a zakhar on her. Why? And it's nervous that she's going to cool down. Because that could be a loss, a permanent loss. If, if the desire is not satisfied, then she could, it's going to be very hard to mate her after cholmud. So therefore, that's considered a halva. It's considered a loss of money. If you don't mate her now, then in the future, she might not be interested. So that would be a loss of money. So then you'd be allowed to. Shark, Alabama, that was all for the female donkey. But regarding other female animals, if they get the heat, then we just bring them into the, car, into like the pen with the male and they'll mate there on their own. Meaning we don't actually have to mount the male on the female. So and the reason basically is that we're we're assuming that there's not gonna be much of a dover ha'avud if, if no male mounts her by himself. So basically we're saying by the female donkey is a specific Dover havod. So so if she if, if she has her desire then we'll we'll take matters into our own hands. We'll proactively mount the male animal on her. But regarding the female, the other female animals, we don't we're not so proactive, we just put them in the pen, but no more. Says the Gemara Tan Rabban, an In You're not allowed to close up animals, put animals in a pen to make manure, right? That's what they used to do. Like for fertilizer, so they would put the, all the animals, lock them into a confined space, and then they would, then they would, the animals would lay excrement in the field, and that would turn into manure. So you're not allowed to do on any of these days. So what is the reason? Interesting thing. So basically, it's considered like plowing. Why is that? Because um, because that's what you are, right? You're you're causing, you're making the field, making the field like preparing it, like fertilizing it. It's an interesting thing here. It's not direct, right? So it's still Madurah Banan. It's interesting. You know, normally we say groma is allowed in certain cases, but here, it, even though it's indirect, we still have an issue that it's like you're fertilizing the field. The but if non Jews came themselves to do it with their animals, but it's allowed for them to do so. It's an interesting. Halacha. The non-Jews are doing it themselves, so then we don't necessarily have a problem. But however, in Messiah, we don't help them move the animals, you know, from one place to the other. Muslim Shomer, we don't give them a watchman to guard their flock. So in this case, it seems that the guy is working for the, for the Jew. So therefore, you're not allowed to help him in any way. If you would help them, it would appear as if you hire them to do the work. And that's where it's an interesting thing. him just come to do it in the field. So we're saying you have to make sure that you, you're demonstrating this isn't really, you know, that you're not really assisting them in any way. If the non-Jew is manuring, is, is manuring the field here, he's hired for a week, a month, a year, or for seven years, or something. Then you could help them. And you could give them a watchman to guard, their feet, to guard it. Why? Because since you're hired for a very long time, you're, you're my manure guy for the whole year. So when are you going to show up? Whatever you want. So since you could show up at any you you're just hired to do the job. So then it could be done. Um, whenever he wants. So when he comes on Shabbos, he's doing it for his own convenience and we don't have a problem. And since, and since that's true, the Jew is even mutter for him to assist him. So this is a pretty interesting thing because it almost seems to be a kasha. Earlier we had the thing with the mansion that even when it is a kabbalah and you're not supposed to assist them because then it's going to basically demonstrate that the work is for you. So maybe this is more of a kula by manuring the field where remember, it's not really a direct malacha. We struggled to understand to begin with why it's also it's really an indirect thing. You're not really plowing the field. So here we're saying There's a hatir. As long as they're, you know, they're just hired out For a long time They're not said When they're supposed to come Then it's considered That it's for their own convenience When specifically They're doing it on Shabbos Rabbi Omer So what do we say When the Nadrus are coming um, On their own decision To do the field They're allowed to do it So Rabbi says So again You're not allowed to assist them If they come on their own in a regular case, if they weren't hired for the year, but you're allowed, you don't have to stop them. So Rabbi says, but Shabbos bettovah, you're allowed to give them back a favor, meaning you can't pay them directly for what they did, because if you would pay them, with, even with food or money, you would show that you're pleased with what they did, and it's going to be considered as if you instructed the guy to do it. So a guy comes himself and starts manuring the field, you're not allowed to pay them, but you're allowed to give them like a, a favor. Even if it's on Shabbos, you could do something nice for them because they did something nice for you. But beyond them, you can even bring them food, you know, you can bring them lunch because you could buy them lunch because of that. That's not a problem. Um, we're a little bit more lenient on Yantef. You could even pay them. if like a we pass like Rebbe. So then this again was something very specific to the manuring where they're coming on their own uh, to do the work. So we say that we don't have to stop them. you are allowed to do it, but you can't make it that you're, you're, anything will be as if you instructed them to do it. So therefore you're not allowed to give them on uh, any, Shabbos any food. On if you could give them food. You could even pay them. Okay. Now the mission continued. Last time we had the olives that were going to go bad. So now we talk about wine. Someone has wine in the vat. And, and it's ready to be poured in the barrels. But what happens? The Then he becomes an oval when he can't work. Oh, onest. He's about to do it before. But an onest happens, he can't do it. Oh, too. The workers tricked him. They, they were going to come, but then they didn't show up. Now, if you don't, if you, there's, there's, a, there's, there's some sort of loss of money that's going to happen to you if you don't pour it into the barrels. So zoli for governor you pour everything in the barrels you could seal the barrels in the regular way with a good seal de verbiosi verbiosi othofer avadis mother and call without any shinoi. No, you have to make a temporary covering just with boards or something so that the wine won't go bad. But you can't seal it in the regular in the regular way. So it's interesting. The pouring of the wine in the barrels itself isn't really the issue. The issue is that first of all, it's a lot of terchot. It's a lot of it's a lot of exertion to transfer in the barrels. And then the real point is that afterwards, the sealing of the barrels is mamachic, right? That, that, that's smoothing out clay and stuff like that. So that's the real issue. Is the the seal on the barrel and and it's davar other, and that's why it's moto but we're saying that there's a dispute whether or not you could do it regularly rabida is saying you have to make a shino Rabbi Yosi is saying not so basically this is the same exact thing that we have with the olives where Rebudah and Rabbiosi Reb- argued if Davar Avad needs a Shinoi. Just before it's olives and today it's grapes. So the Kamar says, it's Richa. we have to say both disputes. The Ashman and said, if we just had the first one about the oil, but he comes to There, Rebudah says, Davar Avad could, could be done without a Shinoi. So in the Mishkan, the oil, the loss of money is a lot. There's a tremendous loss of money. Oil is very valuable if you do not oppress oppressor right away. with the wine, the Lord of the not as much. Wine, it doesn't have as great, as great value. Even while well, maybe agrees to Rabbiudah that you should make a Shinoi and not make a regular seal. If you, twice, if you only had the second case, I would say well, review that. There, Rabbi Yehuda says to make a shino because the wine is not such a great loss. I would, but the oil, in all the Rabbi Yehuda, I would say agrees to Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore, I have to say in both of the cases of the of the wine and the oil, Rabbi Yehuda says a shino is required. Rabbi Yehuda says not. Says the Gemara Amar Vitzel Bar Nafel, Man Tana Davar Avod. Who is the one who says you have to make a shino and a Davar Avod on Cholomoy? The lowk Rabbi Yehuda. It's not Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi holds you don't have to. Amar Rabbi Yehuda says Halacha Rabbi Yehuda like Rabbi that there's no need for a shino by Davar Avod. What's the Allah? Are you allowed to seal a barrel? Beer on Cholam Ohed. Are you allowed to seal it with, you know, the clay and the pitch? So Amar Lui said, Sinai, who's a reference to Rav Ref Yosef. Rav Yosef used to learn, like, Har Sinai with a lot of information. So Sinai was his nickname. He said the Allah was like, Rav Yosef you're allowed to seal the barrel. Says the Gemara, it's only wine. Wine is a big to if you don't seal it properly. Shikra, beer is cheap, right? maybe by beer we're not making. So the Gemara says, no, says, why we make for wine? Because there could be a loss of money. Is by beer as well, there is a loss of money. My mother told me by a six-saw barrel of beer that is sealed, is better than an eight saw barrel that is not sealed. So we see you can lose two saws of beers, the value of two saws of beer, if you don't seal it properly. So therefore, that's considered a davar avud, and you'd be allowed to seal the beer. What does that mean, the laws of the kusim? What does that mean, the alakha of the kusim? The kusim are very complicated, because they keep certain alakhas and don't, they don't keep certain other alakhas. So we try to figure out if we can trust them. It's like, we don't know. Every alakha, you can't assume because they did that alakha, they do this alakha, and, 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 and necessarily the other way. So, so to hear, Cholomoid is like that. In what sense? They're like barren women. They don't have children. In the sense, you can't learn one halacha from another You can't. It's hard to get rules that, oh, if you know this, then you'll know something else. Everything has to be judged in its own right. The Amar Shmuel Shmuel said, You're allowed to coat the inside of a jug with pitch to seal it, but you can't coat the inside of a barrel. Very interesting. You're trying to prevent it to make sure that the liquid doesn't come out. So Shmuel is saying you could coat the inside of the jug, but not, um, but not the inside of the barrel. Rav Dimi and Rav Adham, Rav Dimi and Rav Adham says no. So some Chavisim is also new. So the opposite, you can coat the barrel but not coat the jug. What's a pshat? What's a pshat in the machlokas? Mar Chai should say the Rav Dimi is concerned for the loss. So therefore, a larger barrel will have more loss. So Mar Chai should tircha. is concerned about the tircha. So therefore, it's only muter for the smaller. See he's only muter the smaller jug. So basically, if somebody only heard one, that it's mutter to quote the jug, if you don't know the reason, you would say if, if you can quote the jug, certainly you can quote the barrel because there's a bigger loss. But you might not realize that it. maybe it's only, it's only the jug where it's less tirchah. And if you only heard the other way, that you can, maybe the other one, you heard the hetar of doing the barrel, you might say, okay, so certainly I can do for the, for, 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 for the, for the jug. And again, you might not realize that you think the is because of tirchah, really the hetar is because of pseida. So depending on the way you look at it, it might be different. So that's why they're like the barren women. They have no children. You can't learn one Omar Abai, Naktinon. We have a tradition. Hilchos Moed, Hilchos Shabbos. The laws of Cholamoid are like the laws of Shabbos. Sometimes on Cholamoid, things are patar, but they're still azer and Sometimes they're muter Just like you have that by Shabbos, you can have that by Cholamoid. It's not so clear what the chiddush of the Gemara is. I mean, yeah, okay. Sometimes things will be patar of Sometimes things will be muter. What, what, what is the chiddush exactly? Says the Gemara. Ravchama, Ravuna, Chatsu lechatsu It happened once that there were workers. That harvested Ravuna's harvest or So here they're doing the work, the work for him, and specifically it's harvesting. So it first became ripe, and it was Davar presumably, because if you don't harvest the things when you need them, they might go bad, right? It goes past the peak, past the prime, it's growing too much, it's no good. So he had people who do the work for him. So the Gemara says, <speaking in Hebrew> You're allowed to grind flour on Cholamoyed, even though grinding <speaking> is in but Cholamoyed is Motur. If you're grinding for after the Moed, Asr. Anything that will be lost, if you don't do it on Cholamoyed, you're allowed to do it on Aser. And something which is, there's not going to be a loss if you leave it for after Cholamoyed, it's Asr to do it on Cholamoyed says the B'raisa, medvar when is there of avod minakarka only when things that are detached from the ground karka if you have a davar avid scenario when something is attached to the ground kula avod even if it's all going to be lost also, you're not allowed to do the work on Cholamoy. why because it's very public you're harvesting something, working with things that are attached to the ground is very public. People won't know about the loss, and people will assume that, oh, it must be you're allowed to harvest your crops in Cholamite. So the price that says that you're never allowed, even when there's davar Avud, to work with things that are attached to the ground. So, <laughs> if you don't have anything to eat, then you're allowed to. to, 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 to um, to harvest, to thresh, to winnow, to be bore and grind, even though you're dealing with things that are attached to the ground, you're allowed to do all that as long as you're not using oxen. We're talking about why exactly we don't want the oxen. So bottom line is, if you don't have anything to eat, you're allowed to do it. But as long as you have other things to eat, then you're not allowed to do it, right? In other words, we're only matur davar avod and things that are detached from the ground. But there's no hatar of davar avod for things that are attached from the ground. So now our question is very strong. If there's no heter of davar avod for things that are attached to the ground, so then, how did it happen here that with Rav Huna's green, that, 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 that it reached its prime? And if they wouldn't get it now, it was Davar Avud. So Rav Huna told his workers to go do it, but I thought we don't have a hadar of Davar Avud to harvest things that are attached from the ground. So Rav Huna explained, Amr Lehi, Rav Huna explained his promise. You're right that there's such a brisa, but that bresa is the opinion of one Tana, and most of us don't follow his psak. Where do we see that's only opinion of one person? The tanya Kolam Shemgamliel Shemrab Rabiosi. There's a said in the name of Rab Yosi. The When a crop is attached to the ground, the filum is also avod, even if it's only going to be part of it, which will be lost if you don't do anything muter. You're allowed to do and cholamot. But if it's a case of a crop, that's attached to the ground, the filum also even if it will all be lost. Also, you're not allowed to do the work. So, we see that who's talking in the Braissa? It's Shimon Gamliel quoting Rabbiosi. So, it's a single individual Tana who holds that way. He's alone in his opinion. We're assuming it's only in the name of Rabbiosi, but most other Tanaim presumably disagree. They have a more of a greater heter for Davar Avod. They hold that Davar Avod is mutter, even if we're dealing with something which is attached to the ground. So, therefore, for most of us, now practically it's not an issue. Ravuna is allowed to have his stuff harvested on Kholomoe because of Davar Avod. In fact, the Gemara, an interesting question. E so we just established that the, the person talking in the price is Rebiosi. Okay, so what did we go on to say? We said, you're not allowed to do it. There's an iser to, 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 to work because there's no dover oven it if it's attached to the ground. Unless, we said, you're going to have nothing to eat. If you're going to have nothing to eat, you're allowed to. But even so, we said, don't use oxen. Oxen are no good. In fact, the Gemara, why? Why can't we use oxen? The Gemara is assuming the reason you shouldn't use oxen to do the work is because you need to do a shinoi. Even when you have a hetar of davar avod, you should do a shinoi. But what did we say? Rebiosi doesn't hold you need to do a shinoi with davar avod. Remember we had with the wine and the oil, the Rebiosi says you're allowed to seal it and press it totally regularly. Rebiosi also, if you had the hetar of davar avod, then you have the hetar to do it regularly. So the Gemara's question is like this. Once we established the price as Rebiosi, so now we're just playing a name game. Why is Rabiosy saying that when you have a hatter of it because you don't have what to eat? And in this case you even have a hatter uh, to do it even Mukhbalakarka, but you still don't use oxen. Presumably, the reason you're not using oxen is because you need a shinoi. For I thought Yosi doesn't require a shinoi. Yosi is the opinion that when you have Dover Avod, you don't need a shinoi at all. So let's just make a recap of what we have. We have different issues here. We have a gen- one general issue when you have Dover Avod, do you need a shinoi? Rebiosi says yes, Yosi says no. Then we had a question of Dover Avod, is that a hatter even on something as attached to the ground or is it too public? We said that this brizer that outlawed it is only Rebbiosi. Yosi does not allow it. But Yosi at least will allow it if you don't have what to eat. Then there is a hatter of Dover Avod even to harvest. But, Frank the Gemara, the has still said that you can't use oxen. Why can't you use oxen? Presumably because you need a Shinoi. But Rabbiosi holds you don't need a Shinoi by davar avod. So the Gemara explains no, the reason you're not using oxen is not because of Shinoi. Amalach or will tell you. Ha in the case of threshing with oxen, Rabbiosi doesn't mean that you need a Shinoi. His point is as follows. Even normally, you don't necessarily use oxen. In other words, it's not like a din Shinoi. It's not always that you use oxen to do it. But, um,. What, 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 how do you use it? Interesting thing. Threshing is not usually done with oxen. How do you thresh then if not with oxen? So maybe they use sticks and they like hit it, right? When you thresh, the kernel pops out. That's what happens. So maybe they didn't always use animals. Maybe sometimes they use, they use like um, sticks to hit it. So, so what's the, so now it's not called the shinoi and, you know, love shinoi. it's not a shinoi that you don't want to do in a holomoi. What's the reason we don't want to use oxen? Some It creates a whole, a whole, a whole to-do. There's a lot of noise when you do it. So it's a lot of publicity that you're doing work on a chalamoid. So it's not a shinoi in the malacha. The idea is you don't want to cause a big commotion. So if the shot would be that you normally use oxen on a we're saying don't. So that would presumably be shinoi, and then it would sound against Rav Yossi's rule. The Gemara's explaining no, 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 no. It's also very normal not to thresh with oxen even during the week. The idea that we're saying... Not to use the oxen is not to give a shinoi, but rather just to avoid loud noises on a cholomoyd. All right, continues the Gemara. So, what did we just learn? Tavar oven is mutter. When it's attached to the ground, most people still hold this mutter. Rabbi Yosi still says, no, it's asr, unless you don't have what to eat. Tanar avan, a You could grind grain into flour and cholomoyd if it's for the needs of the moid. But if it's not for the moid, it's asr. Let's say you ground the grain, but then there was some that was left over. Right? In other words, you ground what was necessary, but you had leftover. So this can happen all the time, right? You ever cook on Khamoid, You have leftover food, right? So, why were you allowed to cook Because with Tzarek HaMoed? You have leftover food. Harizah That's not a problem. Meaning you don't have to be like calculated about how much you're doing. You're allowed to do it. And if you can do it liberally, and if there's leftover stuff, there's leftover stuff. There's not, it's not an issue that you really only had to have to do the myself because of Tzarek Khamoid. Another example, you can cut branches from the tree because of Tzarek Let's say you need firewood. So you can go cut cut the wood, but if you're doing it, it's dumb to have extra. It's convenient data to, to go get the branches, then it's awesome. Let's say you did it more than you need and you have leftover stuff. Again, that's not an issue. We don't say you have to be absolutely calculated with how much you're getting when you're cutting the branches. You're allowed to brew beer on Kola moed. if you need beer now, so you're allowed to do it. If you're not doing it for the moed, it is also. the same idea, you made more than was necessary, you have leftover, we have no issue. The first price here says, you're not allowed to make harama. What's harama? Harama is when you say, I'm doing it for kolomoed, but you're really lying. You know that you don't need it. You're making new beer. You really have old beer to use. You're playing, oh, I need it for kolomoed. Really, you're doing it for afterwards. You're not allowed to play games with the rabbis, right? The din here is, is that you're allowed to do it for moed. If you have extra, you have extra. But if you really have a sufficient amount, and you're just doing it and playing games, then it's awesome. Um, That's a big problem. In that case, we even seems we even make a knas like you're not a lot of benefit. Frech to is that true? We have another bride. We have another bride, so. you a lot of brew beer on Cholamoyed for also. If it's not for Cholamoyed, it's also. This is true for date beer and barley beer. But if you have old beer that's in stock, you're still able to make a trick and make new beer. How? Why? You drink the new beer. Listen to that. You have old beer, but you play a game. You make new beer, you use the new beer, and now the old beer you use after Cholamoyed. So that's exactly what we said in the first said, not to do. Don't play games. Here, as mamash a game. Really, you'd have the old beer. You could just drink. But what you're doing is you're going to make new beer. You'll drink the new beer and say, "Oh, it was sarach Khamoid, I made fresh beer." And then I'm going to use the old beer afterwards. You're not supposed to do that. So the gemara's question is: the first Bryce was saying you're not allowed to do harama. The second Bryce is saying that harama, in fact, is allowed. So the gemara says the truth is tanahi He is a as The tanya says in the third bris, one tanya says you're not allowed to do harama. You're allowed to make I just want to say one thing, important thing about whether or not you're made, allowed to make har- um, harama is that the example of harama is you have old beer. You say, oh, I'll make new beer and then I'll use a new beer in and then you'll have the old beer after harama. So that's a machlokas if that's mutter. But what about if the new beer tastes better? If the quality would be better? Then that wouldn't be harama. Meaning, let's say I have old bread in the freezer. I want to make fresh bread for cholemoed. There There's no question you're allowed to do that even though it turns out i not really tzirukhamo. No, that's Tzor to have fresh bread. But here, the fresh beer isn't really such an Indian. And if anything, like, it's better if it's a little, bit, a little bit older. So therefore, that's why it's specifically like Harama type to do it in such a way. All right, says the Gemara, Rav chasulah chasulah Once it happened, Rav harvest, they cut down Rav's harvest in Cholamoi. Again, it was the number of it. If they wouldn't harvest it today, it would go bad. They cut down Rav's harvest. Shama Shmuel, which heard about it, he got upset. So we learned before... That davar avad is mutter, but if it's attached to the ground, one tana says it's asr. Everybody else says it's mutter. So why is Shmuel getting upset? What Shmuel goes like one tana? It's only one tana who doesn't like it. So the Lord says, It was a wheat harvest. And wheat, there's no loss if you don't harvest it right away. So he was upset because it wasn't really a davar avad. There wasn't really a need to harvest it right away in the That was the reason why Shmuel objected for Rav, my time so why did Rob do it? If the wheat doesn't go bad, if that's the Metsiah, so why did Rob do it? Rav Rob didn't have what to eat. See he wasn't doing it out of office. Rob was so poor. Since he was so poor he didn't have what to eat. If he wouldn't have harvested his wheat, he wouldn't have had what to eat on Khalamhoid. For Shmuel, they hadn't explained it to him. Shmuel was objecting. He didn't know the full story. Shmuel didn't realize it was a Davar Shmuel thought it was coming out of Davar He didn't realize it was a case where Rav didn't have the food to eat. Inami, maybe Rav didn't. Shmuel didn't know, but he said Adam Chashuv A prominent person is different, right? Even if Rav didn't have what to eat, so he had a special head But for Adam Chashuv, you shouldn't rely on that. Very, very interesting. A higher standard for the Tamil Says the Gemara. We see a story here. Review the Nesia, review the Medusha. One thing is that on Shabbos, he went out in his courtyard, he was wearing a ring that was made of wood, a certain type of wood. It was a signet ring, so it was made of wood. So normally, it's used to seal, so it's like a khalish al-malat So evidently, he didn't hold, it was muqsa. He drank water that was heated up by Goyim, nothing to do with Shabbos, He drank water that was cooked by Goyim. And Shamar Rav Ami heard of these two things that Rav was doing, and he got upset. So the Gemara says, why is he getting upset? if he was upset that he was wearing the ring, or, 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 he held it, which would be mukta. Why? It's a klisha malat al The singing ring is used to, right, to seal things, right, that's not good. You're not allowed to do that on Chavez. So maybe he held that you're not allowed to wear the ring at all. But it says in the Bible, regarding all types of rings and things, they're like all types of that can be moved in the Chatzar, meaning that even if I have a or even if I have a type of ring that's not supposed, to be, not supposed to be used regularly for its main use on Shabbos, but it's a and you're still allowed to wear it. If you're wearing it, let's say to look good, or if you're wearing it for another purpose, whatever, whatever that might come up as much, that's the big rule. If you have a hammer, if you have a pen, you're allowed to move them on Shabbos for if you want to use them for something else or if they're in the way. So why is he getting upset at Rebuda Naseya for wearing a signet ring on Shabbos? A clee, just its primary usage this Israel, isn't fully moxa. You're allowed, you're allowed to move it. So why was he upset? And if it was because he drank the water, which was heated up by the Goyim, and he yelled, it was Bishal Akum, it was Akum, you're not allowed to eat things which are, heated, which are, which are, which are, which are cooked by Goyim anything normally eaten in a raw state there's no bishal akam Bishal akam is only if they cook food that needs the cooking but something that can be eaten very normally raw then even if you want it cooked there's no problem with akam so water can be drinking raw right you drink water raw so even if they heated it up there shouldn't be bishal akam so what's the problem so the Gemara says, Adam Chashav Shaini, the same thing. And that's why we're learning about this. It was higher standards. So for him to wear the signet ring and drink water heated by the guy, we didn't see it, shouldn't have done it, even though Meikar Adin, we Paskin is not Bishal Akam, Klisham Hatalissar is fine, but for the higher person, it shouldn't be done. Says the Gemara, A person's allowed to cut down a palm tree and call a moed, even all he needs is sawdust. Meaning, he needs sawdust. And it's a tsarahamawid for whatever the reason he needs the sawdust. It is a tarichamawid. So even we're saying, even though it's a funny thing, you have to cut down the whole tree to get a little bit of sawdust, but the ma'isah, has such a thing as mutter. However, the Gemara says, the Dalla Baya Bay cursed the people who follow this halacha. because it's a little bit funny. You're doing so much effort for so little of a gain. It's like you know, it's, it's, it's uncommensurate, incommensurate. It doesn't make sense that you could do such a thing, that you're gonna such an amount of labor to get such a small reward, is it shouldn't be done. Ravashi <Weiter-eme-> și- owned <laughs> <speaks> a forest in a place called Shlanya. Also, the of the he went to cut down some of the trees to get salt as <speaking> <speaking> a <speaking> <speaking> What's your reasoning because of this halacha? <speaking> That you're allowed to cut down the whole palm tree, even though all you need is sawdust. You're coming from Rav's halacha, but we know that Abai cursed people who followed the halacha. He said, I didn't hear that Abai cursed people. Meaning, I don't agree that it should be cursed. I think it's fine. As soon as Rav Ashi finished cutting the tree, the axe slipped and it almost cut off his thigh. Why? Because he wasn't listening to what Abai said. So Shavkiv Ada Asa, Ravashi understood, you know, it was a mamish, a curse. That's what it was. Abai made a curse. He saw that it was a fulfillment of the curse, so he left and returned home. He's not going to continue cutting down that tree after that. Says the Gemara, Rav Yudha Mekar Kisana, Rav was Mater to uproot flax, to to cut hops that we use for beer, to Shumshmi, to uproot Shumshmi plants on Cholam so the Gemara says, why is he allowed to do this? I'm like, it must be it's a hamoed. It's tzarich hamoed, and that's why he was allowed to do the malacha of kodesh. So I'm like by the reveal, say, Flax is good. You cover food. That's what they used to use. he used to use, you know like coverings, covering of the food, which could be tzarich hamoed. You don't want it to go bad. That's what uh, flax was often used for. So therefore, it's mutter. It's mutter, It's a hamoed to get the flax. Kishuza chazal hops. Maybe he wanted to make beer. Right? You need you need hops for that. What is Shumshum Shum going to be used for? Meaning Shumshum, Shum, they have to dry out. Evidently, the Shumshum Shum plant, you don't eat it fresh. So you have to dry it out, and you're not going to have time to use it until after Cholamoid. So if that's true, then it's not Tzarech Amoid to uproot it. So why was he Matarit? So the Gemar says, Chazi lanazi di It's fit for the seeds that are in them. Meaning, even though the Shumshumi mostly are only fit when they dry out, but certain seeds can be eaten right away, and therefore was it Tzarech Another story about higher standards. Raviana Avalu, Vardis, owned the orchard. The time for picking was on Cholamoid. So Katve, he picked the fruit of the orchard. So people thought, must be, you're lot of harvest on Cholamoid. Everybody was postponing their harvest until Cholamoid. You're not allowed to do that. If it's a dove of it and it happened to be that the harvest coincided with that then you're allowed to harvest. But everybody saw, oh, if if Rav Yana did it, it must be you're allowed to harvest on Cholamoy. So everybody purposely delayed their harvest until Cholamoy, learning the wrong thing from the rabbi. So So he was very upset. So he abandoned his whole orchard to the poor, meaning he refused to take any benefit because his orchard ended up causing people to sin. It ended up because he was harvesting one year in Cholamoy that everybody left their harvest to Cholamoy which was totally wrong. So in order to make sure that he, you know, like he didn't want to have benefit from the wrongdoing, so he must mafkir his entire orchard for the poor to have no benefit from it.